You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 297. Now, today is a family show. However, I do have some business to uh, say just up top. Then we'll play a song, and then we'll jump right into the family show shenanigans, where we are looking back at the Billboard number one hits of 1992. Another great year. So, three pieces of business. Number one, Michael Oakley's October 9th One Night Only Live Show is happening on October 9th, all right? So if you want information, get tickets, do all that stuff so you can participate in the one-night-only live show of Michael Oakley's. Just check out Michael Oakley's uh, social media things, all right? Because all the links are there. There's no point in me reading out a bunch of links for you. So just go check out Michael Oakley's Twitter or his Instagram or whatever. There's links there for information so you can uh, get tickets and stuff for the October 9th streaming concert of Michael Oakley, okay? So go check out Michael Oakley's socials for information on that. Number two, City Lights wrote me a letter. He says, Hey Andy, my friend Johnny Fallout has put together this fundraiser for mental health featuring a bunch of cool synth artists. If you could help shine a light on it in some way or other, it would be very much appreciated. Alright, so you all can go check that out. It's at groupies.com so uh, groupies g-r-o-u-p-e-e-s dot com slash a Neon Life. A Neon Life. Okay, so go check that out. It is a bundle at Groupies you can pick up that is supporting mental health. So go do that. And lastly, now you know uh, Beyond Synth follows a format that we keep tinkering with, but basically, you know, every seven to ten minutes or so we play a song and then we get back to chatting again and that's the way it usually goes. Partway through this episode, we get sort of into a heated argument and there is a chunk of this show where there's a I think almost like a 22 minute block where there's no music and I'm just saying that to you right now like I'm fully aware of it and I thought as I was editing the show can I just insert a song but it just would feel really weird because we were <laughs> we were very animated and it would be very strange to just play a song in the middle of an argument so just so you know I am aware of that and I just thought ah fuck it because we were we were uh, in the moment and there wasn't a place to insert a song in that moment all right anyway Anyway, on that note, let's listen to some cool music, get the show started, we'll listen to a track, and then we'll jump right into the family show with Florence, Mike, and Marco, okay? So, here is a cool song from Signal Void featuring Dead Life. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, uh, the Kings of the Pattersons. That's right, it's Chris Dance with the 88, Mike Shima with the 82, we got Robert D. Bishop Collector, and of course, Mystery Donor... And what the hell, the dudes in the Kroner Club, Hampus ML and Emil. Okay, so I hope you guys dig this. This is Signal Void with Turncoat featuring Dead Life. (laughs) 
All right, that was Turncoat featuring Dead Life by Signal Void from the album Jaded Shadow. That is a cool song. And, of course, it was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Jose Arbello, the king of hell, with the 66.6, and Mike Erdahl, the donation of the beast, plus 50, with the 56.66, and Tim Carlton, the golden boner, with the 50. All right, guys, uh, let's go now to the family show. All right, well, I'm here right now with the Beyond Synth family. We're doing another 90s review show, and this week we did, well, last time we did uh, 1990 and then 1991, so we are moving ahead, and I'm here right now with Florence Bullock. Hi. Marco (laughs) Merrick. Hey, everyone. And Mike Mendoza. What an and, what an and, what an and, what a mighty good Andy. Yes, he is. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> uh, before we get started, I should point out, someone mentioned this to me, that last episode, remember how I, I made this point, because obviously I, I'm not really enjoying the 90s hits too much, that I was going to make a point to talk about the things I did like, and I realized last episode I never did that, so I'm just going to tell you right now, and then we can just burn through it, things and he liked from 1991. Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion 1, Live and Let Die cover by Guns N' Roses and November Rain, Knocking on Heaven's Door, which is also Guns N' Roses, Bob Dylan cover, Enya, Book of Days, and uh, that's my list. All right, so. Enya. Book of Days, man. Book of Days. Wait, is that the good one? Oh, yeah. Book of Days is the best one. Yeah, yeah. That song's awesome. What's Book of Days? Oh, I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> you got to sing it for me? You got a 10-second clip, Andy? Yeah, yeah. Here it goes. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had some messages here. Uh, These are some of the people who were commenting on last episode. Cat Punk said, of last episode, really fun episode. I especially enjoyed the black velvet trash talking and conspiracy talk of how number one tracks got their spot through record store bribery. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Davin said, because we were talking about how to pronounce his name, and he said, "Uh, look at that. I showed up in the show. Also, you got it right at first it's davin not davin and also dav not dave fun fact davin is the americanized pronunciation of davin and the name itself is a super old gaelic name barely anyone uses it anymore stay rad dav it's also the name of a stormtrooper in some legend star wars thing well then it's not canon so it doesn't count yeah it isn't canon I believe his name is Davin Felth. Felth? (laughs) Davin 4. I think. I don't know. Someone correct me. I'm not Wikipediaing this shit. This is just... I'm just pulling this out of my ass right now. That's when the new age starts, right? After the Battle of Davin 4. What? Wait, no. (laughs) I don't know what Mike is talking about. Yavin. Yavin. Fucking Yavin. (laughs) Oh! Oh. Okay. It's it's BBY and ABY before Battle of Yavin and after Battle of Yavin. I did actually know that. Wait, that's an actual thing? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think they, they were like gonna get rid of it, but I think people still use it. So that's like the timeline. So Star Wars Episode Four, which is A New Hope, is zero BBY. Yeah. Or or zero. It's a zero because, okay, whatever. <laughs> no, and that's it. That, that's no, how that it made sense make any, with all the books. That doesn't make any sense. All, all that, the books made sense of that, and you could read the Yoda book from like... Is there a zero year? I, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care. 
<laughs> I'm over it. I'm over it. I had another letter here where someone said they wanted to strangle Mike, but it's a really long letter, so I don't know if I want to read it right now. Oh, my oh, God. Please read it. Read it. Read it. All right. So... <laughs> This one. So he says, uh, this is from Heelside Hero. It says, hire Phaserland. <laughs> and then following. <laughs> yeah, come on. Hire him already. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, Phaserland messaged me because like, I heard you guys were talking about me. And I'm like, oh yeah. Because someone told him that we were talking about him. But I couldn't give him the time code because I don't remember when we actually talked about it. I'm like, sorry, dude. It's a four-hour show and you got to find the clip. the whole fucking yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it says, uh, Andy, the top charting songs of the 90s were crap. Total crap. When someone calls you a hater, it's because they can't defend an argument. <laughs> the music industry in the 90s was a manipulated mess of crap, pushed on the listeners by record companies. I was very lucky during the 90s because I lived in Phoenix. Here we had an AM radio station called KUKQ. Uh, was that Cuck? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> or cuke. <laughs> QQ. It was amazing and played alternative music. Here's a quick point. Why was there a style of music called alternative? In quotes. It's because everything in the hits was the same crap. Alternative music was a wide range of styles, hence the name that just differentiated it as not pop. It was almost everything else that hadn't been taken, like country or rap, etc., but the 90s hits were all the same. So don't feel bad or like you're a grump for disliking those songs, they're bad. People might have good memories associated with some songs, but that was the only music playing at the time. 90s hits are a mess of dance sounds, but most of us don't dance around all day or even at all. People that like dance music for that one reason, to dance. Dance music ruined the 90s. <laughs> this letter's amazing. God. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, sorry this was so long, but this was the third show, and I'm literally bursting at the seams wanting to strangle Mike with his dance shoelaces on when I feel this never gets addressed. You are not a hater. All the music sounds the same. It's dance music. You might like some dance songs. So do I, but it's rare. Then he says, love the show, Andy. Oh, and Robin Hood stole taxes back from the government. He wasn't a dirty commie. Was I talking about Robin Hood? Oh, yeah, we all were. We, oh, we had a very oh, yeah, long right. conversation. Yeah. About Robin yeah, that Hood. was a big deal. We still haven't watched Robin Hood Men in Tights as a group, though. That's can true. we do a screening? Can, do we want to do a screening soon? I would take part in that. Okay, I haven't seen that movie in ages, and I love it. I'll be down for it. I mean, Andy's pretty busy, but so I have a response to the. I have a response to the fan. <laughs> I've a prepared statement. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my response is. I actually have a problem with this whole project, which... <laughs> Here's the thing. Why are the four of us deciding on what is good or bad? I, I guess maybe the chart has started, or this list thing has become less about like how you feel about it and, and more about, like, I think this is a bad song, or I think this is a good song. And it's weird to me because... So yeah, Mariah Carey sucks to you, but Mariah Carey has got like 4 billion plays for that song on YouTube over the past like 20 years and streams and purchases and all that shit. And so my perspective from this whole thing is I'm not trying to be the arbiter of whether things are good or bad. I'm coming at this of whether I like a particular song a lot and I'm, I'm finding myself connected to a lot of these songs more than you guys are. And we've had this conversation, Andy, like you haven't maybe experience some of these songs some of them you've experienced way too much 
But like uh, <laughs> Shout out to Black Velvet <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying Like maybe for the fan And maybe for us We should all check ourselves Before we do wreck ourselves And this whole thing is about like Not us declaring whether something is the best thing or the worst thing in the world, but like something we can all have a conversation about. Again, this was all about me trying to figure out what the hell was going on in the 90s that I wasn't connecting with. Yeah, but you did reveal in that one episode that you were like, well, I was hoping that the end result would paint a nicer picture, but it turns out Mm -hmm. that I'm a curmudgeon. No, no, because it's the exact opposite of what I (laughs) intended, because there is great music out there. And so I just, when I look at the 90s charts, to me, it's just lesser than the 80s. Like, it's not even comparable. And I'm, I'm always wondering why. Because obviously that's what gravitated me towards this whole synthwave scene. And I found music that I do love. And even though there was good things going on, they just weren't necessarily hits. So that's the thing. Because obviously there was good stuff going on all over the place. But we can use the data. We're collecting data. Yeah, man. And that's why I love so many songs. Because I have a lot of specific experiences with a lot of these songs. Remember, I described a very specific experience with one of the songs the last episode. And you were like... That's very specific. (laughs) And I guess what I want from you more out of these discussions is, where were you when this song came out? What were you doing? Listening to fucking better music. (laughs) (laughs) I was listening to Nine Inch Nails. I just want to say, too, that that is why we're asking about what year you were born and where you're from. Because I just I want to see if there's some sort of correlation with the data of where you're from, where you were born. If you like something more, if you were born in one decade or another like that's what's really interesting because yeah like we can say that we we hate or we love these songs but like yeah again like at the end of the day it's personal opinions these songs made it to number one so really like if we hate it our opinion doesn't really matter because it already happened you know so (laughs) again until i make that time machine (laughs) so basically synth hashtag synth fam stop living in the past (laughs) (laughs) yeah Well, I mean, Andy's been pretty good so far. The only thing he got wrong really was the Black Velvet one. But other than that, his opinion's been correct. Does anyone remember that I actually don't love Black Velvet either? Okay, no, but I love Black Velvet. Here's the thing. I jam I in the car. Too. I love it. All right, look, listen, shut Sorry. up. We got to listen to a song, and then we're going to fucking uh, do this. All right, so here's, uh, here's a cool track. I got one here from Enders, Enger Jensen. This is actually sort of a remix cover of a fun commercial from the 80s. So I just had to play it because it is awesome. It's called Keeping Up with the Commodore, which was a jingle from a Commodore commercial in the 80s and he's done uh, a cool new remix of it and uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Jacob Wick, my semi-sonic friend, City Hunter, the coolest guy in town, Hugh Hefner in the 2666 Club, and Clint Dowling in the $25 Club. Alright, so I hope you all enjoy this. This is Enders Enger Jensen with Keeping Up with Commodore. When it comes to video games, nobody compares to Atari. I find in television more sophisticated and lifelike. Gentlemen, move over for my friend Commodore Home Computer System. Commodore does more than your machine.
sadly, to the world of the future. All right, and that was Ender Zenger Jensen with an awesome uh, remake, remix of uh, the uh, commercial song from the uh, Commodore commercial from the 80s, Keeping Up with Commodore. And uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. We got a star apart, Alex Selickson, Blake Peterson, Eurobeat Intensifies, and Honeybeard. And we're back with the Beyond Synth family, Mike, Marco, and Florence. And I do have to say one thing, which I considered and forgot to talk about with all my fucking ranting about Black Velvet. And maybe this is why my experience is different than all of yours. In Canada, we have a thing called CanCon, which is short for Canadian content. And so our radio stations and TV stations are obligated to play a certain percentage of Canadian content. So, for example, in the 90s, Bare Naked Ladies was always on the radio, right? With like a million dollars and some of their other tracks. And Atlanta Miles is Canadian. And when an artist becomes like number one internationally, then they play the shit out of those artists in Canada. We have the same thing in Australia, exact same thing. Right. I don't know can what you please, is, Andy, yeah. can you give me two more examples of being overexposed because of that particular program. Okay, uh, who's the blonde girl? Avril Lavigne. <laughs> okay, totally believable, yes. She was the overexposed where I was, too. <laughs> Complicated is where it's at. Yeah, no, I heard I heard Avril Lavigne a lot, but I loved Avril Lavigne because that was, like, my age group exactly. Right, So, so and the yeah. thing is... Certain artists get way more play because Alana Miles can also play as country. Mm-hmm. Wait, Andy, did you name a second artist? Well, Brian Adams. Okay. That's another Fair one. Fair enough. I'm trying to think specifically about 90s when I would have been listening to the radio. So I'm from, a, like, I grew up in a small town that didn't necessarily have, like, a pop radio station. It was basically, like, pop slash country. And the thing with Alana Miles is, like I was just saying, she plays on country radio, she plays on rock, she plays on alternative, and she plays on pop. So essentially, she's played on every single station there is, except like the dance music station in the city. And so not only was she overplayed, she was overplayed everywhere. They play it at bars, the fucking strippers dance to it, like, it's just one of those things. Really? They played it at the strippers? Yeah, man. <laughs> Fucking Black Velvet. Nice. Hey, Marco. Marco. Hey, Marco. Let's work on a dance remix of Black Velvet and do it. <laughs> yes. No, that's another thing. And make it really, really popular and famous. <laughs> I've said this, and I, I, I stand behind this because I, I made a tweet today about like uh, synthwave cliches. And one thing I've always wanted people to do, and this is a serious thing, is if you're ever going to do a cover, cover songs you don't like. It's easy to cover a song you love, right? But I think it would be an awesome challenge. Yeah, see, the problem is everyone wants to make, like, their own version Mm. of the thing. Like, there's a cover of Orinoco Flow out there that kind of sounds just like Orinoco Flow, (laughs) but, like, 6 BPM faster. But you kind of took away the whole... Orinoco flow yeah. from the flow. <laughs> like, 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 flow. Yeah, there's something that, like, not just the songwriting and song craft, but, like, tempos also help. Yeah. And that song works at that tempo. If you're going to cover a song, you can do your favorite song, but, like, I think make it so different and don't even worry about what it used to sound like because, guaranteed, there's already people who tried to do their version of the cover of the song. And if you can separate yourself from that, it's like freaking gold. Like, it's your personal touch on it. It's funny that you're saying this because when I, like, I've remixed a few songs that I don't like. Not all of the things that I've remixed, but like, <laughs> the, the things that I've remixed 
that I don't like. I remix them because one, I'm like, okay, cool. I can change the chord progression in the song. And like, it becomes instantly easier because I'm like, cool. Like, I don't like the song. I can do whatever the hell I want with it. You know? Right. Yeah. 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 I feel like because you don't care as much about it, you have more freedom to do whatever you want. Yeah. That's fair. I like that. Yep. Yep. Should we start talking about the. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're we to Let's get to our first track. Let's do our first <laughs> okay, track. Okay. So we are. We're in the year 1992, so first of all, just to get it out of the way, Michael Jackson returned uh, for three weeks with Black or White. We talked about that in the last show. I just want to mention that he was, for four weeks, at the end of 91, uh, at number one with Black or White, and then started the year at three weeks at number one. So that's seven straight weeks over the holiday season, which I feel like is mentionable. Yeah, it's a holiday song, and it's got there's a scene where there's snow in the video, and then the white girl turns into the <laughs> Chinese guy, and that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> just like real life. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so then we move ahead to "Color Me Bad" with "All for Love," and it's a number four. What do you mean is number four? It's like a, it's a number four instead of the word four. Oh, like all oh. oh, number four love. <laughs> I was like, Andy, no, we're doing number ones, not number fours. <laughs> I just thought I'd th- I just like to throw in no, any okay. random color no, me bad song. That's a podcast spinoff idea. Florence and Marco, do you want to do that with me? Why? We'll do all the number fours of all the nineties. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if they would be better. <laughs> I don't know. I think every time I look up these lists, all of the ones that weren't number one <laughs> are my favorite songs. <laughs> <laughs> So, look, for me, uh, I don't like it. I just find these guys frustrating to look at. I still do. Every time they pop up in the list, uh, you can listen to the previous episodes for my descriptions of them. <laughs> it's just there's the, I don't know. I, this one just does nothing for me. Uh, Florence. Oh, wait. These are the guys who it was like. Yes. Mm-hmm. There yep, was the George the Michael one. guy. George Michael with long hair. Okay. Yeah. I remember those guys. Yeah. Their song was um, I Adore Mia Moore. Yeah, got it. <laughs> on the beach, um, I think, right? Yep, it was on the beach. Oh, how can you forget? Somebody oh. was wearing a yellow tank top. <laughs> that's, that's what I remember. <laughs> I am indifferent about the song. Because the song is so, it's like, okay. But there's something about the main vocals that really kind of bother me. Like, they're a little sharp. They're not quite on key. And, like, there's some effect on it that makes it, like, really bright. And I, I don't, yeah. The vocals annoy me. So... I'm indifferent. Marco. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember this song. This is one of their better ones for sure. Uh, a lot better than their other song anyway. It's pretty catchy. I mean, it I give is, it yeah, an okay. I give oh, it an okay because it's not something... I mean, I don't think I would... I probably wouldn't turn it off if it came on the radio. I'd leave it on. I mean, I wouldn't turn it right up or anything like that. But it's, <laughs> you know, it's a classic. And uh, I honestly don't think I've seen the video before until I just saw it now. And it's pretty fucking funny as well. The shit they're wearing and the way they're dancing. <laughs> um, I love those music videos. They're fucking hilarious. Mike! This reminded me of... Uh, I saw a clip of Jake Gyllenhaal on Conan. And they brought up that Jake Gyllenhaal used to be in a boy band called, like, Hole Something. What? what? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's called... Shit. I mean, I think I opened up a whole can of worms here. Hole Shot. The band name was Hole Shot. Hole? Like, hole or hole? Which hole? H- one word, H-O-L-E-S-H-O-T. Hole Shot. 
Wow, that's like literally the worst band name I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Fucking shot. Well, the the cover of the thing, I listened to the song today, Color Me Bad, the All for Love single. It looks like shot. I would never have bought this thing in a record store or a CD store, but this song is really catchy. We listened to this in the Brown Station Wagon, my cousins and I, all the way to school because we went to the same school together. And it'd be Z100. The Zoo Crew in the Morning. Ooh, I listened to Z100. Yeah, 92, 93. Like, these years are so right up my alley. Very nostalgic for me. This is one of those songs on the radio all the time. So I'm a five, sucker. (laughs) (laughs) Z100. New York. Oh, my God. Nostalgia. All right, look. We gotta listen to a track and then we're uh, we're gonna keep going with the list, alright? So here is a cool one from Overved from the album Outer Reach, and it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 club. We got Jimmy the Hot, Johnny Five, Kempson, Ken Jeru, and Mr. Magoo Samurai. I hope you enjoy this. This is Overved with Warp 9.
All right, that was Warp 9 by Overvad from the album Outer Reach. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club, Neverman, Newmark, Restless Nights, Techno Ben, and of course there's Forged in Neon with the 2049. And we are back with the Beyond Synth family, Florence, Mike, and Marco, and we're doing a review of the 1992 number one hits. And we're moving ahead to George Michael and Elton John with Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Which is a funny sentence, now that I say that. <laughs> Don't let the sun go down on me. Yeah, in audio <laughs> podcast format. <laughs> oh my god. Don't let the sun George Michael was on a tour in 91, and at the end of his tour, he covered the song by Elton John and brought out Elton John. And uh, that version was put out on the radio. Fans loved it so much, they turned it into a single. They made the recording of it into the music video. Like, it wasn't even like a, a remix release or something like that. It was just a concert-like cameo. And that charted. That's freaking amazing to me. So I think, yeah, like it's a good song with like a decent chorus melody, but it just doesn't do anything for me. I don't know. There's something about like the whole live performance thing where it just doesn't uh, move me in any way. But I think if I caught the chorus, I might keep the channel on if it was on the radio. So I'm indifferent to it. But I think much like Elton John's later one that he redoes, I think I just prefer the 70s version. Oh, that's interesting. I never considered that. So that's me. I'm indifferent. Florence. Same everything that Andy just said, except I appreciate it a little more than Andy, so mm. I'm gonna say it's okay. <laughs> the end. <laughs> the end. Marco. I gave it a don't like. It just oh. I don't know. I kinda like the original. I remember the original, and this to me is just kind of weird, I guess. It just seems pointless. But um <laughs> it's not a ter- it's not a terrible song, but um yeah, it just it's not it's not one of my favorite of either of those two artists, so that's a don't like from me. Sorry. Mike. I'm a four because uh, I like this song. I would go to YouTube and put this on on purpose. Not all the time, and I don't know all the words. It's more like I like to just... You know, like I just like to <laughs> vibe with the music for a little, you know, for a few minutes. Sometimes you don't want to like sing along to a whole song. Sometimes you just want it as background and you're like, everybody, everybody, everybody. That's what I do to Orinoco Flow, except I sing what you just sang. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, move ahead. Yeah, man. To Right Said Fred with I'm Too Sexy. I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too sexy for my shirt. So sexy it hurts. And I am too sexy for Milan. Too sexy for Milan, New York and Japan. My Florence likes this one. Yeah, yeah Florence. Can't, can't you tell? Because because of <laughs> because of the two that I gave it. Yeah, Florence likes the super homosexual vibes given off in this video. <laughs> I guess I'm I'm just sort of indifferent to this. Like I get that it's a fun novelty song, so it's always weird to be like, I don't like that song that's clearly a goof. Then am I like the asshole? The joke's on you, you didn't get it or whatever. And it's not a song that bothers me, and when it's on, I get it. Like just like, yeah, this is a fun, silly song. But then as I was listening to it, and I just thought to myself, like, you know, if I'd never heard this song again, I would be fine with that. 
it's like a, a relic of the past. It was like this sort of goof that happened in the 90s. Like, remember the fucking I'm Too Sexy song? But if I never heard it ever again, it'd be like, I'd be fine with it staying in that decade as a memory. And so that's where I say I'm indifferent to this song. Florence. Me too. Yeah, I mean, I have no, like, connection with the song. <laughs> Surprising, I yeah. know. But uh, <laughs> it has that, like, comedic value to it. So I don't, like, hate it. It's fun. But, I mean, there's nothing about the song that, like, I have i don't think I've ever heard the entire song from start to finish, you know? Oh, my God. I, like, I just know the chorus. I mean, that is the song. You guys are saying words that, like, music producers would hate to hear. Instead of, like, I like it or I don't like it, you say, well, I don't know if I would listen to the whole thing. They're like, oh. I I didn't say I would. I don't know if I would listen to the whole thing. I just don't think I've ever heard the song from start to finish. But I am very familiar with the song, which still, I mean, like, it got to number one. Whoever produced the song did their job. Fred. Fred produced (laughs) it. And also the people who bribed the music store with with record sales to uh, (laughs) that guy did his job, too. And you don't. And everybody knows the song, so whatever. Don't stoke the fires, Andy. Come on, dude. There's too much of that in this world. <laughs> hey, man, this is the 90s. <laughs> it's the 90s. Get used to it. <laughs> yeah. Marco, where do you think? Yeah, I'm a, I am I do sense the hostility from you, Andy, but I, I'm on the <laughs> other spectrum. I give it a like. I give it a four. I'm being positive because it is a great song. It's super catchy. I do agree with you as in, like, if you never heard it again, it, it wouldn't, like, bother you. I mean, I, if you, there's certain songs you've heard that many fucking times that you really don't need to hear it again. But it still gives me a bit of a chuckle when it, you know, if it comes on or whatever, um, you hear it out and about. But yeah, it's pretty funny. It's a real classic, and and I, and I think it's still catchy as hell. So I give it a four. I like Mike. I'm a five. I like this song. It's a fun song to put on. This falls into the category of we were talking about this before the show about uh those '90s um dance songs. I know what I want and I want it now. I want you because I'm Mr. Payne. Yeah, that's the shit right there. That should have been number one. <laughs> yeah, like these. I feel like this. Marco, Marco, and I are like uh, we're brothers in this uh, house music <laughs> realm here. I feel like when yeah. I go to New York at some point in the future, and we're just gonna jam all night for three days straight. We're gonna have like amazing content. We're gonna make a whole movie out of it. Hell yeah, Andy, you're not invited. Yeah, Andy, you're not invited. <laughs> That's okay. You guys can go for the whole shot all you want. <laughs> Lawrence, I'll pay for you and uh, a star part to come, and we're gonna come, and we're gonna we're all gonna come. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck's going on? What kind of party is this? Fuck. Maybe I do want Andy here. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, uh, the right said Fred track, it falls into the category of like those house songs from that time. Yeah. It has the, yeah. the dancey thing. It's very fun. It's fun to clean your house on a Saturday afternoon. I love this song. It's in lots of movies. For comedic effect and just for fun effect, it's a very popular song. I'm in tune with it. I vibe with the right said Fred. I'm number five. I'm number five. <laughs> so just a reminder to the listeners, the, the ranking scale is uh, one don't like, two indifferent, three okay, four like, five love. Just in case you hear us say numbers. And remember that you guys can also take the quiz. Or it's not, it's a survey, I guess, right? So yeah, you can go to uh, retropromenade.com and right up front, you can just see the survey for the next thing. And I will post an infographic that Florence and I will work on for the data for the past survey to see how we all match and compare with each other based on year and geography and fun times like that. 
Yeah, man, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, I'm telling the listeners now that uh, Florence and Mike did a great job and uh, <laughs> Retro Promenade. It's there, so you can uh, see how you stack up against our uh, our rankings. As much as I like to argue and give you shit about this whole thing, Andy, this is a very fun excuse to listen to all these songs all over again. It's fun for people to uh, participate, and in fact, like uh, more people did uh, submit their answers than I thought there would, because I, I expected it was going to be like one person or something, so uh, we actually did get a bunch of uh, responses, which was awesome. So look, let's listen to a track, and then we will uh, keep talking about 1992, alright? So I got one here from Darwin MCD and Mark Bebb. I've never actually known this. Is it Darwin MCD or Darwin McD? I think it's Darwin MCD. Anyway, it's a remix of a track they did by Alka, I guess. Anyway, look, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. In the $20 Club, we got Joshua Winter and Chatteract. With the 1988, we got Will and Caskey Geospatial. And with the 1986, we got COVID-1986. And I hope you enjoy this track. This is from the album Mirroring the Remixes, because it's a bunch of remixes of the track Mirroring. And this is Mirroring by Darwin MCD and Mark Bebb, the Alka Remix.
And that was Mirroring by Darwin MCD and Mark Bebb, the Alka remix. Alka, that's A-L-K-A, from Mirroring the Remixes, a whole album of remixes of that track. And there's actually a couple good ones. I had a, a difficulty picking which one because this one had more of like a Pet Shop Boys vibe. And then there was another one uh, on the album that had more of like a kind of 90s dance vibe. And I was like struggling which one I was going to play. But I played this one. That's the choice I made. And it was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the 1985 Club, Rachel Buchelman. In the 1985 Club, Sarah Buchelman. In the 1555 Club, Gene Pre- Gene Premer. <laughs> Gene Creamer, Private Eye. And then in the $15 Club, it's Prophet of Jupiter. And we are back. We're uh, here with the Beyonce and the family. We're talking about uh, the hits from 1992, the number one hit. So we're moving ahead here. We got Mr. Big with To Be With You. So for me, this one is an indifferent, just like uh, more than words. Uh, last year, this is just this trend where like a hair metal band needs a hit so that they make a cheesy love song and film a black and white video. Uh, it's the same thing. And... I think it's a nice song, but ultimately, <laughs> it's fine. It's cute. This song is cute, but I mean, like, I have no use for it. So I, I'm indifferent to it. I don't hate it. It's just whatever. It is there. Uh, Florence. So I listened to this like a while ago when I was reading this, and I didn't take notes on it, and I gave it a one. So I dislike this song, and I can't really tell you why. Like, maybe I was just <laughs> in a really bad mood when I listened to it the first time, because it's not like... The worst thing I've ever heard in my life, but like I just don't like it. It's very like sing songy and like yeah, like kumbaya, let's all sing together, blah blah blah. Like I I don't know. I don't like the vibe of it. It's also gimmick. It's a gimmick. It's just these hair metal bands did this thing yeah. where it's just like they needed a hit, so they do a fucking cheesy love ballad. Yeah, it's too like on the nose cheesy for me. And I like cheesy, but this just this particular song just didn't quite do it for me. Yeah, I gotcha. I think that's why I didn't like it. But anyway, that's the, end. that's the end of it. Marco? For me, it's a three, an okay. I kind of did like it at the time, and it's funny what you say, Annie, because it really does remind me. These two, I always I actually confuse sometimes. It reminds me of that. What was that one you were talking about from last year, the number one? Uh, more Than Words. More Than Words. It's, it's actually funny. I confused it too, yeah. and I had to edit a part out, because <laughs> when we were talking about the music video, and I said the guys look really happy in this video because we were talking about men's nice hair. <laughs> and so I was talking about how happy the guys looked in the More Than Words video, but I was talking about this video, and so what I said made no oh. sense, so I had to get rid of it because Florence is like, <laughs> I mean, they don't look that happy in this video. I'm like, what? Because I, I was remembering the main, the lead singer from this video who's like really big and smiley, and he's he's got this nice, uh, nice hair, you know? Anyway, continue. Uh, yeah, so it's just an okay for me. I mean, I don't know. It's it's a little cringy, I guess, but I think it's a pretty good song still. So, Mike. I think I gave it an okay because uh, sometimes if it came on the radio, I would kind of... 
or I wouldn't. <laughs> so it's like it's okay, you know. Like I guess I like the song, but I don't care as much. So I lean towards just okay. I gotcha. Well, let's uh, let's move ahead then to Vanessa Williams with "Save the Best for Last." This track for me, I give it an okay. I actually really like the melody of this song. I just find the background instrumentation to be really corny. It's got those like corny 90s instruments that I don't like, but I do like the melody. So I do like the... Like, I do find it catchy and she's got a nice voice. Maybe it'd be cool if there was some cool synth stuff going on in the background. But so I say it's okay. Florence. Should I cover it? Yeah. Okay, what movie is this song from? Was this not in, like, the credits for, like, Beauty and the Beast or something? Was it? Okay. It sounds like Beauty and the Beast kind of music. Maybe that's what... Because, like, I gotta I gotta confirm this. Because when you Google it, you get Beauty and the Beast stuff. And I think that must be it. Because I like this song. And, like, I almost love it. But I don't know it, like, as well to actually, like, say that I love it. But I know this song very well. And I can't figure out why I know it. And it's got to be in some movie because usually, like, if there's a song that I know from the '90s, it's from a movie. Balto. It's from Balto. <laughs> no, I it's wish. not. You're, fuck you. <laughs> no, it it has to be from a Disney movie. That's why I know it. If it's from Beauty and the Beast, so I like the song because it's it's nostalgic. The melody's great. Like I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind the instrumental part. It's fine. I, I don't know. I don't really have much to say about this. It's just really slow, and I mean, it's not a bad song. It just Ooh. doesn't do anything for me. So I'm a two and indifferent for this one. Mike, I love this song. I feel like I also vibe with the Disney vibes of it. It has those DX7 kind of fake vibe piano things, yes. and I love that. The the reverb on this song is really great. Yeah, like it has. <laughs> it, it feels like the classic songs that you would feel. When they came on in the movie theater, when you're sitting there and they're coming around and like the surround sound Mm -hmm. and you hear like the the wide versions of the whole soundtrack, I feel like that imprints on you as a child, at least for me. Yeah, it's definitely like a credit song. Wait, can I just say I so I'm looking at the Wikipedia article, which mentions nothing about a movie at all. I don't think. Yeah, I looked too for you and I couldn't see anything. Yeah, it's really weird. But the song was written by uh, Phil Gladstone, Wendy Waldman, and John Lind in 1989. But the thing that really gets me is Wendy Waldman is one of the folk singers that my mom used to listen to all the time. Anyway, the more you know. <laughs> they sat on that song for a few years, I guess. That's interesting. I guess yeah. so. But I'm I'm very excited to see Wendy Waldman in here. Hmm. The end. Let's <laughs> the end. So we're gonna move ahead here to crisscross with jump. I'm indifferent to this one. I think I think it is a fun bam, song bam, bam, that has energy. Bam, bam. And I wouldn't be mad for anyone playing it in a party setting. Like, I wouldn't be like, what the fuck are you doing? There are certain songs that work in particular contexts. And so it's like, this is a party vibe song. But I would never play it. Like, it's never a song I would put on 
myself. Like, but if I went in a party and people had it on, I wouldn't be like, this doesn't belong. Like, I'd be like, okay, this is fine. Because you're not the miggity, 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 mac daddy. You're not the miggity, 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 mac daddy, Andy. That is correct. Indifferent. Florence. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just like the song. I think it's stupid. (laughs) Oh, wow. Marco. Jesus, Florence. This really was on the list. This was... uh, uh, one of the two lowest rated tracks or one of the three lowest oh, rated shit. tracks that Florence has. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Marco. I, I think it's a great song. It really is. It's a classic and I think it's aged pretty good. I think it was quite uh, unique, especially at the time. It really stood out. I love the bass in it. It's big bass. It's got the drums and it's it's like you said, it's it's, it's actually is a kind of a party song. It, yeah, it's really good. You know, it's it's catchy. It's contagious. I mean, um, yeah, you know, it's great. Mike! I'm a love, I love this song. I'm a numerous cinco, if we're all tracking the numbers. It was cool in the moment, then became a joke song, then became a nostalgic cool song all over again. Kind of like how Fresh Prince had a moment of like, Fresh Prince, it was cool. And then like, oh, it's overexposed, I'm tired of it. And then it's like, oh, we're all into Fresh Prince all over again. Oh my God, my fiance drew something on the whiteboard. As I was talking, she drew a thumbs down. (laughs) Because I don't seem to be making sense. I love Crisscross for unironic and ironic reasons. It's across the board. I love it. It's like the best of both worlds. Well, look, let's listen to a song and then we'll uh, keep going with the 92 list. So I got one here from Vincenzo Salvia. From his album Souvenir, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, Mads Bear and Christensen and Skywolf in the 1313 Club Retro Serenade, and we will never forget the immortal Chris Celia Lane, and this is Vincenzo Salvia with Don't Try This at Home.
right, that was Don't Try This at Home by Vincenzo Salvia. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. We got Fraser Davidson, Albion Algorithm, Andrew Bennon, Barry007, Brandon Decker, Energon Cubes, and Ivan. And I should point out, just before we continue, that Vincenzo Salvia has a GoFundMe going on right now. So you can go uh, check his socials and find the link to that. Uh, I believe the story is he got kind of fucked over by some contractors and I guess they, they fucked up the, some renovations on his house and so they uh, they need some assistance, okay? So you can go check that out if you want to throw him a couple bucks. Uh, I threw him some cash and uh, that would be uh, a nice thing to do. All right, and we're back with the Beyond Synth family reviewing or uh, saying our opinions. These aren't reviews. Or whatever, that is a review of uh, the 1992 number one Billboard hits in the U.S. and uh, these are ratings. Right? These are these are our ratings. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Get it right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She rated R. All right. R. Okay. So next, are we going to do the hits of the 20s? Yeah, we should. <laughs> I love that can make Andy giggle. I couldn't do fake lyrics. I wanted to do like it's like it's the God won't shuffle, but I couldn't come up with a word. So I just said the couple board, which is just a word I made up. So. Coca-Cola's brand new. <laughs> it's still got cocaine in it. Um, the couple board shuffle is what I came up with. So let's just think about couple that. Board. <laughs> the couple right, board. Cool. Fine. Well, Joe Ozone, make a fucking t-shirt out of the couple yeah. board shuffle with our faces the couple board shuffle. You know the By the way, I, uh, just to backtrack a little bit, crisscross jump was on the charts at number one Eight weeks. Nice. That was the the most of the year so far. Vanessa Williams was five weeks, and then the rest were like three and then one. But Jump at this point was the most popular track of 92, crisscross with their pants backwards. <laughs> <laughs> with their pants backwards. Yeah, the shoes backwards as well somehow. I still can't work out how they did that. But. <laughs> To this day, I don't know how. All right, so, uh, of course, she had to make a fucking appearance. It's Mariah Carey. Hello. Featuring trailer ends with I'll Be There. So, I'm looking at my notes now. Unsurprisingly, I gave this song a don't like, but my notes have these weird spelling errors in it, and so I, I don't actually know what I wrote. Nice. Sweet. I like the part where Mariah Carey turns around and just says, Trey Lorenz, pause, <laughs> sing. Does that mean something, this note? Does it, what does that mean? I don't know. You know, I don't like it. The end. Uh, Florence. Uh-huh. Um, I I changed my rating to a dislike as well. <laughs> because, like, you know, again, like, Mariah Carey's a really good singer. I appreciate her, her vocal ability. But this song sucks. It's just really boring. And I've heard it a ton. And it has this dumb circle of fifths chord progression that I just don't vibe with at all. It's stupid. And that's, that's it. Marco. Yeah, I, I'm kind of indifferent on this one i guess it's not one of my favorite song of hers and i can't agree with florence it's it's pretty slow and boring it really is and that's really all i have to say about it so that's a uh, indifferent from me 
Mike! Mariah Carey, I'll Be There, has 33 million views on YouTube. Watch the official music video for I'll Be There by Mariah Carey. And also listen to All I Want for Christmas is You. I'm a five. I like this song. Five means love, man. Love! Let's move forward here to Sir Mix-A-Lot with Baby Got Back. I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. Yeah, when a girl walks in with an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. Wanna pull up tough, cause you notice that butt was stuck. Deep in the jeans she's wearing. I'm hooked and I can't stop staring. Oh, baby, I wanna get with ya and take your picture. My whole boy's trying to warn me, but that butt you got makes me so horny. This is my favorite song of the year, I guess, because I like this one. <laughs> What I've always loved about this song is just how blatant it is. Like, there's just, there's barely any metaphor. It's so in your face that you just have to respect it, I think. What's interesting now is that the culture sort of changed around this. So it's funny that the actual music video for this song doesn't really feature women with that big of butts compared to just the artists that are out now that are just like, mm, yeah, you're right. gone to the extreme. These ladies don't have big asses at all. Like, it's crazy. But anyway, it's a fun song. This song's always made me laugh. It still makes me laugh. The rhymes make me laugh. It's fun and silly, and uh, I enjoy it. Florence. Um, same. I think I also like the song just because it's so fun to sing along to. And like, again, there's the comedic value to it. And we've talked about this with other songs, but like some songs are just like they're bad songs, even though no, they're funny. But this is I, like, I think the comedic value and like enjoyment of the song just kind of outweighs the like actual good ness of the song I guess because you know it's it's a fun song and I think everyone loves the song pretty much the end it's Ma- fun <laughs> this is the end Marco the end that's my new catchphrase <laughs> I don't want to say anything now. It's that's the end. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. No, that's all right. I'll t- I take it back. It's not the end. I love this one myself. It's it's a classic. Um, it's just it's such an original song. You know, like it doesn't sound like anything else. <laughs> Obviously, the lyrics are fucking hilarious. I love the bass in it too. I remember around the time my brother just got this ridiculous sound system for his car. My brother's six years older, so uh, I remember driving around in that bass. It's just like boom, boom. It's just so good, and it's aged well. I mean, I, I don't think there's anybody around that's never heard this before you know it's such a Mm well-known song and i don't know anybody that doesn't like it like hates it you know nobody hates it it's 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 a real classic mike i'm a zero i fucking hate this song (laughs) um (laughs) no i'm a super five uh i find it funny that every time the intro starts that she says she looks like a total prostitute like she can't call her a hoe or i don't know like was that like the standards in 92 that they they were allowed to say she looks like a total prostitute versus that bitch looking like a hoe, you know, like... Probably. <laughs> I bet you that's even the reason why the video isn't as explicit as they maybe wanted it to be. Like, compare that to, like, a Nicki Minaj video or something, you It know? looks like Sir Mix-a-Lot is dancing on a cake. Yeah. You know, like, those, those, <laughs> it looks like he's a mini dude dancing on a cake. It's crazy that all these rhymes, they're so simple, like, to the point that they're not even clever... It's only like two lines per rhyme. I like big butts and I like a lie. I really can't deny. When a girl walks in with her waist, round in the face. Like it, it sounds like it's a nursery rhyme. He says, <laughs> but that butt you got makes me so horny. Oh, rumple smooth skin. You say you want to get in my bends? Well, use me, use me, because you ain't that average groupie. Where is the rhyme for the bends? I'm annoyed as a songwriter that he didn't, like, close the loop of rhyming something with Benz. 
Rumpel smooth skin is awesome. I'm with Andy on that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's listen to another track and then we'll come back. All right, I got a cool one here from System Glow, formerly known as Master System. When I had him on the show as a guest, he was Master System and then literally changed his name like the next week. And it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the ten dollar club. We got Jacob Pringle, John Masari, Knight of Ducks, Kudzost, Lucas Smith, Luke Jackson, Matthew Lister, and Monkey magics and uh, check out this track this is system glow with product placement That was Product Placement by System Glow. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club, Mystic Dink, Poly Digital, Pudnuts, Rama Branch, Skunk Raider, and Slade. All right, and we're back. We are uh, continuing our 1992 review with the Beyond Synth family, Mike, Marco, and Florence. Uh, let's move ahead here to Madonna with This Used to Be My Playground. This used to be my childhood dream. This video looks like it was made in like a Windows Movie Maker with like the uh, photo album template. <laughs> so I'm indifferent to this one. There are moments of this song I think are okay. 
like some of the chorus melody stuff, but ultimately I just find the rest of the song so boring. So like I, I'm indifferent just because there's parts that I find okay, but ultimately not one of my favorite Madonna tracks. Uh, Florence. I think this song is okay. Yeah, again, it's not one of my favorite Madonna tracks either. You know, it's not like a fucking bopper at all, but it's fine. Like, I don't know. This, this song is okay. <laughs> That's the end. Mar- Marco. Uh, all right, I gotta be honest with you, Andy. You know, I'm a bit of a Madonna fanboy from, like, the 80s and the early 90s. I mean, after that, it's kind of like... So So I do like this. I can understand if when people don't like it. And like what you said, it's kind of boring. You know, I, I get it if people feel that way. But I don't know. For me, I, there's something about it I really like. It's obviously uh, the, the theme for A League of Their Own. I never even watched the movie before, but uh, I honestly don't, I still don't think I've seen it. But yeah, that's uh, it's a four for me. It's a like, because it's, it's a pretty good one. Mike. A League of Their Own is a movie that I've seen thousands of times. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing a reboot of it. All male reboot. <laughs> I, <laughs> as long as it's on HBO and I get to see some dongs. Nice. <laughs> Swinging <Jesus>. the dongs. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when uh, Dr. Manhattan, we saw Dr. Manhattan's dong in the new Watchmen show. Oh. We well, saw it in the show? They show it in that too? Yeah. Nice. It was one but of my no, they're doing But no, they're doing a reboot of League of Their Own. It's a TV show. Cool. Yep. I'm down to watch it. I'll give everything a chance. There was uh, the Disney show Turner and Hooch based on the hit Turner and Hooch Tom Hanks movie, mm. which I, I love. It's a very funny movie. And... Uh, it's terrible. It's a terrible show. It moves too fast. As the pace is all off. It's terrible. Don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Mike's Reviews. <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> I, I didn't finish the first episode because I couldn't get through it. Madonna used to be on Playground. Uh, I love this song. League of Their Own, one of my favorite movies of all time. This song is attached to it. It's fantastic. It's got the credits. It makes me cry. I love it. It's just very perfect for me. I love ladies baseball. I've been to the Cooperstown Baseball Hall of Fame, and I uh, teared up at the ladies section because of the movie. I'm all into this. I'm a five. Well, then let's move ahead here to Boys to Men. It wouldn't be a 90s year without some uh, Mariah Carey. And then Boys to Men, we got End of the Road, which was... Uh, number one for 13 weeks. Crazy. God this is the, the biggest track of the year. I don't think I like any boys to men songs. Uh, I don't like this one. Mm, I'm with you there. I, I don't know, man. Just their, their entire vibe is just not aimed at me. It's just you know like, what it is, Andy? In your whole life, you've only made Whoopi, <laughs> and you never made love. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> you've made Whoopi in the, in, the, in the sense of, like, Laverne and Shirley, like, squiggy fucking, I gotta give it to you, Shirley. Yeah. I'm done. Just like that. What we do is uh, my wife and I push our single beds together uh, for one night every three months, and we put on some Hank Williams. And uh, <laughs> anyway, oh, fucking uh, Florence. 
What do you think of Boys to Men? End of the road. Um, I'm indifferent about the song. It's not like super offensive to me, but I really don't like the part where like he he's like, "Hey, baby," like blah, blah, like at the end <laughs> or in, the, in the bridge. Like I fucking hate that. It's so awful. Um, but like the the rest of the song is like whatever. So I'm indifferent about it. Mako. Um, I can't agree with you, Andy. I, I'm really not a big fan of Boys to Men. I mean, I don't hate them. Like, their music is good. You know, I, I, I see why people like it. It's really catchy, and they're good singers and all that, and they, got, they have their own thing going on, but I just it just does nothing for me, and, and I find it kind of cringy. I, I think this was, like, the start of a lot of boy bands in the 90s. I mean, there was a lot of other groups, and I, I just hated that shit. It does nothing for me. Guys singing about how nice they're going to be to you and all this shit. It really does. I'm sorry. It doesn't do a fucking thing for me. You know? And, and I find it very cringy. I mean, you know, like even groups like Backstreet Boys. I mean, all that shit. It was so cringe. That's but the funniest Again, again I, I'm not, you know, like I can understand it, it is well-structured and it's a well-produced song and all that shit. So I can see I had a lot of friends that loved it, but I, it's just... Uh, it's a dislike from me. Guys mm. singing about how nice they're going to be to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a nice I, I love I that know, a it's lot. Kinda, it's kind of like, what? Hey, girl. What, what do you give this, Mike? I'm a five. This is one of those songs. Remember I told you in the last episode or whatever that I went to a lot of parties in the Lower East Side and uh, in the Upper West Side in Washington Heights and like all the, the black parties and Spanish parties. At four in the morning, everyone's at a certain point of drunk. This comes on. When someone wants the people to leave, so they put this on. <laughs> I'm not sure you belong to me. You belong to you. <laughs> My favorite brother, the bass. Can love you so. And we're all playing <laughs> Mortal Kombat in the back room with the Sega Genesis, and all the kids are there. Yeah, no, this is very nostalgic, number five. <laughs> And you were like, that's a very specific reference. And I feel like I, I need more specific references out of you. So I want to be around when we get to the 80s thing. Because I want to... And I was playing my Transformers toys. And I heard Duran Duran for the first time on uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, I want to hear more of that from you. I want to learn about the little Andy that we all know could but isn't. <laughs> I don't necessarily I don't necessarily have that. I just think that the songs in the eighties are just better songs. Like I don't have a specific memory. I just go like yeah, Michael Jackson Bad is better than every single song that ever reaches number one in the nineties. What is the song that you were like, holy shit, I kissed that girl at the prom or the dance or something? You know what song I really liked when I was a kid? Uh Eleanor Rigby by the Beatles. What? <laughs> I love that song. It's one of my favorite songs. That's a good song. Paint the picture. I don't. I just it, just it just played because my we just had records and they would just play. But where are you and how? And what are you doing? Fuck! I didn't do anything. <laughs> like I just fuck, God, I was playing with Legos. Fucking how are you ever going to be a filmmaker if you can't describe a fucking scene of your own past? <laughs> well, you're asking. No, you're asking me to describe something that never happened. I, I've never heard you say like, "Oh, this song makes me think of getting fucking ice cream." In winter time and it's cold, but we got the ice cream anyway, and the snow's falling, and it's me and my girl, and I was 15 years old. Whatever the fuck the reference is, do you have anything like that? It's a weird question. You're asking me for memories. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so all of these songs, I could give you like fucking references for everything, and I'm trying to ask like, where are your references for Right Said Fred? I'm too sexy. What were you doing? 
Nothing. It's just people would play it at parties, and we'd be like, this is a song. He was naked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, there are specific songs that people have memories to. Like, there are a few yeah, handful sure. of songs where I hear them, and I think of a very specific moment and time in my life, but, like... None of these songs are those songs because they're shitty songs. Like that's the thing. That's like a shitty song. <laughs> if I was playing Mortal Kombat and someone started playing Boys to Fucking Men, I'd be like, "What the fucking buzzkill shithead is this? We're trying to have a good time playing games, and you're fucking putting on makeout music, trying to give you a fatality, and you listen to Boys no, to Men. No, no, no. The the situation is people want you to leave the party. Is the situation? No, the adults are having their own adult <laughs> drinking time and. And the kids are in the back not <laughs> Are the adults grinding? The- <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you go in the other room and all the fucking parents are fucking. Like- God, Andy, it's like you never went anywhere in your life. <laughs> well, I'm glad I didn't go to the fucking party where they're listening to Boys to Men while I'm trying to play video games. Holy shit. You guys are great. Yeah, but you never went to a basement party and had your own... Okay, so like if you went through the... If we went through the 80s, would there be some sort of fucking song and that was like, oh, I'm Andy in my teens in like 94 or something. This song from fucking Danger Zone, Top Gun... Is making me nostalgic for Betty that I used to make out with in the fucking closet. Yeah, I got those. That's what I'm saying. So, like, is it just that, like, the 80s holds more of those moments for no, you? No, it's because the 80s songs are better. Okay, but you can't say that, though. Like, you're not the, you're not the only one to be able to say that, <laughs> okay, I guess. Okay, okay, I'm going to ask you fucking, something then. It doesn't make sense. No, 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 no. You're, okay. not, the ar- you're not the arbiter of what's okay, going Mike, on Okay, Mike, 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 Mike. I have a serious fucking question here. Serious. Yes. I'm going to go... Okay, we're doing 92, right? Okay, okay, I'm going to click on the charts here. 1983, okay? Yeah. Listen to to what I'm about to say to you. 1983. Maneater by Hall & Oates. Toto Africa. Michael Jackson, Billie Jean. Michael Jackson, Beat It. David Bowie, Let's Dance. Every Breath You Take, The Police. Eurythmics, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. What song from the fucking 90s compares to any of those? What song would you pit against fucking Michael Jackson, Billie Jean, that's in the 90s number ones? Like, it is objectively a better song. <laughs> Michael Jackson, Billie Jean is better than anything that came out in these, this fucking year. It's better. Like, it's better than the entire year of number ones. That one song. I mean, what, what would sales records have to say? Like, would they counteract what you're saying? Okay, but I hate when you do this sales records thing because it's, it's anti-art. It's but, like, but, okay, the, the numbers, I, I the numbers, hate, the numbers. I hate the, I hate the idea. No, here's the thing. I hate the idea that you think that you're the only one who can determine what is or isn't a good song. Billy Jean so, but, but, by but, Michael Jackson <laughs> is better than every single song in the 1992 number one. I'm not sure. Boys to Men, End of the Road is what? A classically, it's a very better than Billy Jean song. Better than <laughs> Beat Possibly. Possibly, maybe it's the number one song of '92. It's arguably uh, the best song of that year, and you could compare it to other songs of other years. See, I feel like you're coming at this whole thing of like, but what I like is better than the other things. Michael very, like, Jackson you- beat it is better than every song in 1992's number one. I don't know. I, I feel like the, your perspective, you're, you're coming at it from a perspective of like, you want the 90s to be lesser than no, the 80s I for don't. some reason. Michael Jackson so if you can, beat it is better than all of these songs. It wins. It's a fucking five. Like the, 
Yeah, and that's on one of the best albums of all time. Yeah. But we're talking about 1992 and the best songs of 1992. Right, but what I'm saying is the 90s is fucking lesser than the 80s. Like, why? But what why? do you mean, why? Based on sales Man numbers? Or like fucking based on- Africa by Toto. This is all... Those are... Yeah, but- those are week after week after week. I don't understand why those being the number one are better songs than the 1992 songs being better number ones because you are choosing for them to be better in your mind. Okay, if we, like, if you want to play the numbers game and you ask the world what's better, Billie Jean or any song from fucking 1992's number one hits, Billie Jean is going to win. I think we have to... Yeah, but talk to... Hey, 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 hey. But but talk to to your mom and talk to your dad and they'll be like, yeah, but the fucking... Uh, Bowser from Sha Na Na was like the number one song and all the music after that is bullshit. Like, I don't understand why you're saying that's the best music of all time. But it's better. Like, it's objectively Wait, better. But, okay, okay. But you're not explaining the, why. No, like, it, stop. You can't... You guys stop. <laughs> the problem... The problem is that we need to define the word better. Why? Or like, what makes a song good? Does sales make a song good? Yes, sales might make a song good. Does song structure make a song good? Yes, that also makes a song good. So we're all defining how songs are good. Now, like personally, I believe that the songs in the 80s are better than the 90s. I think they're structured better. I think they're recorded better. They're, there's less of a formula to them, which I think is better. But it's all relative. Someone might also think that a song from the 90s is better because it just it's sold so many more things. So like, yeah, so like this Boys to Men song quote unquote is better because it was 13 weeks at number 1, but like it's all relative. I don't believe that because I don't like this song. Yeah. You have I to agree. define what you think is good. I feel like Beat It by Michael Jackson is objectively better. Andy, I agree with you. I totally agree with you, but there are people who don't believe that. Okay, but you also have to tap into cultural relevance. Why did Boys to Men End of the Road top the charts for 13 weeks? People really liked it at the time, yeah. Listen, Boys to Men, that song in particular and the way these guys blew up, they tapped into a, an Americana that hadn't been heard of in several years. They went beyond Motown. They went back into like 1900, like guys just singing on the fucking side of the road they tapped into all that stuff they also crossed it with sex because sex sells it's almost apples to oranges to compare michael jackson to boys to men but like it's unfair to boys to men or anything in the 90s to say that the 80s is better than it it's like lauren michael says on laura and saturday night live in, in any interview in any in book like the saturday night live cast you watched when you were a high schooler in your teens is going to be your favorite cast. Oh, yeah, Norm MacDonald's the best because that's my favorite. Yeah, so that's how it always goes. That's how it's always going to go. And, Mike, the reason why, like, you you grew up with these songs. You have a, you have, you have nostalgia to them. Yeah, I was going to say that. Age. Age is a big thing. I didn't grow up with a lot of these songs because I was listening to other other crap at the time but the thing the songs that i do know like i for for some reason i know like save the best for last by vanessa williams like i like that song because i have some nostalgic reference to that and so the songs that i do have a nostalgic reference to i like those you have a nostalgic reference to these songs mike andy does not yeah and i don't either and i think part of that is age too there's so many factors in 93 i was 15 i mean i'm already 
you know, finding all this alternative music and it's blowing my mind, you know, all this shit. You know what I mean? And I'm like, charts, fuck you. I don't, I, I don't like it anymore, you know? <laughs> totally, got totally to agree. But if I was like eight or nine when this came out, I probably would have been completely different. So I can't really be objective about it because <laughs> all that shit I grew up with, 90% of it, I fucking loved it. The shit in the charts, I, I loved it, you know? Whereas my parents were like, what the hell I'm is totally this shit? I totally agreed. I you just know, wish so, that, Andy, I wish that you would acknowledge the idea that that the songs that you weren't specifically attached to don't necessarily inherently have to be bad or lesser than something that you do like for any other reason it's the same conversation about like oh i like everything but country but there's like billions of people who love country music there's so many people who love country music so like you can't say that their music sucks all the time you just don't like it i'm rating the songs based on how i feel about them andy is coming at them of Oh, I think that this is an objectively bad song. Everyone must feel no, very you honest. Say that because you have because you're emotionally attached to this stuff, so you take weird personal offense to my opinion, which you shouldn't. And that's why you Mike, are reading into my what I say. Mike, I don't think the so. Reason, yes, the you reason are. No, why, because you have a personal Andy, attachment. Look, so if I say it sucks, you go, Andy's shitting on my childhood, but when I played Mortal so Kombat Mike, and no, no, the adults Mike, were so fucking God, stop, So when we do the eighties so Holy when we shit, did the 80s, we're all just going to agree? Like, because I love those songs, too. Yeah, because they're great songs. Objectively. Andy, Andy does not have a personal But you got to stop saying objectively because that's oh not my God. scientific. I bet you if we sat down with a fucking, like, if we got, like, music historians and stuff to, like, talk about, like, what makes good music or whatever, like, through science, I bet you they would scientifically tell you that <laughs> oh Beat God. It by Michael no, Jackson no, is no. a better You're song. You're not objectively correct. Can You're you not wait, shut, correct. Computers. shut up, guys. Shut up <laughs> no. for, like, one second. <laughs> The yeah, reason you like no, your music, I like my up. music, Guys, but no one is objectively listen to me. correct. Look, Mike, Andy does not have a personal attachment to these songs, so the only way he can rate them is through how he thinks a good song is. So, of course, he goes to, okay, this is not a good song because this, this, and this. It does not relate to the good songs that he thinks are good. But the thing is... That's why... like. I do yes. also have memories with songs I don't like. Like, let's not forget Black Velvet. <laughs> All right? Like, so I do have memories with this music. Yeah. It just didn't do anything for me. You know, Mariah Carey didn't elevate good times. It ruined them. And like, <laughs> I just look at these 80s charts and there's just way more variety because there's literally more songs in the charts. And I just think there's something more compelling about the 80s number ones. And it's just like you said, Mike, like you like these songs, too. So we all like the 80s, but then we start drifting apart in the 90s. And so, like, when we do the 80s hits, we'll probably agree on a bunch of great songs. And then in the 90s, it's like, what? Like, I liked it because it was playing? You know, I liked it because it was on? What is the point of shitting on songs that you may not necessarily have attachment to in the first place? What is the point? Okay, like, it's not about the individual songs. It's about the overall caliber of the songs that reach number one. Like, it's more about assessing the year. Like, in a way, I guess we're seeing that I'm coming at this like the opposite of you because while you have good nostalgic feelings about this stuff, I don't. And I want to know if my negative feelings 
were tainting actual good music. Like, I'm trying to be objective. Like, I'm genuinely giving these songs a chance. Because, like, you have these personal memories. But don't forget, these are the number ones. I'm not saying the 90s. I'm saying, like, for some reason, the songs that hit number one, for whatever reason, and we do know that there was manipulation and some other things, that... Yeah, Mike, you were manipulated. There is something (laughs) that is less compelling (laughs) about this decade. You know why? I loved hearing How Bizarre, How Bizarre that whole year. I loved it. That was my favorite. I love that song. There is something different about these 80s hits. Like, there is something different about them. And I feel like more people find these things compelling than the 90s hits. And I want to say that there's going to be someone who is going to say the same thing about the 70s. You know what? 1971 to like 1978. There was something different about these hits. I like the 70s better than the 90s as well. I looked at those charts. But I'm just saying, like, I don't want to be the fucking podcast that's like, oh, we definitively rated the Why 90s. Why do you keep saying that? You're the one who keeps putting that word here. You're the one who keeps saying that. Because you're coming at this whole thing of whether a song is good or bad, objectively. And that's not the point of what I'm coming at this at. You know what I mean? No, the only reason why I brought objectivity into it was in comparison to the 80s. Because I feel like the list I read to you in the 80s is full of music that I feel like more people find compelling than the 90s stuff. No, the only thing objectively bad about these lists is the one thing a year with fucking Timmy T. (laughs) And this year, the next song, The Heights, How Do You Talk to an Angel. I don't even know how this fucking song charted. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's a terrible fucking song. Like, (laughs) every year that we have done so far, we have agreed that there has been one terrible song. Can we say that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we can definitely agree on that. All right. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> let's move on, guys, because we're going to be here all night. I mean, oh, yeah. I saved it. I don't know why I, I saved it. Let's not take this shit personal. Everybody got their opinion and we joke about it, whatever. But I respect everyone's opinion. I mean, we're all different, so you know. And we're all from different countries too, you know. Like that's the other thing. It's kind of cool. Amen, Marco. And I tell you what else is cool is listening to cool music. All right, because we just uh, <laughs> we talked for way too long oh, there shit. without listening to a song. And uh, Marco, I know you like your chill wave uh, track, so I got a cool one here from Echo Soft. It's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. In the $10 Club, we got Thomas Berg, Tristan Waits, Watch Clark, Will Lowe, Caffeinated Pixels, your friend Estevez, Gary Heather, and McGadfly, and Stu Triple the M. And this is Echo Soft with Blue Eye Horizon.
All right, that was Blue Eye Horizon by Echosoft. And uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, awesome people like Dub Evans, IP68, Binkley, and Zach. And uh, and we're back with the Beyond Sins family. We are assessing the uh, Billboard number one hits of of 1992. So uh, let's get uh, <laughs> let's get back to that. Yeah, let's move on to the next song because I'll be dying to talk about this. Great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got uh, <laughs> fucking gold. We got the height <laughs> with uh, how do you talk to an angel? Okay, so this one sucks. I mean, like, this is full of shitty lyrics. I just can't get over the actual how do you talk to an angel bit. It just feels, like, manufactured. Like, this is not the work of an artist, you know? Like, a bunch of suits in a boardroom wrote this using simple lyrics they would know would appeal to people who like sappy shit, you know? It's songs like this that just feel like a machine came up with the words, and anyway, it sucks. It's it's bad. Uh, uh, Florence. Same. I just want to say that this is the one song that we unanimously disliked and it highlighted the row in the Excel spreadsheet because I made it do that. I'm really excited. Nice. <laughs> automatically, automatically highlighted. Spoiler. I know. Yeah, spoiler. Sorry, everyone hated the song. Um, yeah, this song sucks. Um, <laughs> I especially hate the vocals because they're so breathy. How, how do you talk to an angel? Like, it's so, it's stupid. Anyway, um, yeah, that's that's my take on it. Marco. Yeah. I think uh, this is the first time we all bloody agree, and thank fuck for that. And uh, <laughs> all I can say is it's pretty bad. Um, uh, apparently, it was. I'm really confused, guys, because I, I mean, I did a little bit of research, but I'm confused because it was actually a theme song for a TV show that got cancelled. But then the band's called The Heights, so is it the people from the fucking TV show, or what the hell's going on? Is the TV show The Heights? Yeah, it was a theme from the American TV series The Heights. Oh. I've never seen the show. I don't know what the hell it is. But then the group's called The Heights. And when you click on their link, it just goes straight to the American TV American series. American so. TV series. Weird. I feel like The Heights sounds like uh, what would the OC 19, 20-year-old drama show, like relationships. Made up of mostly working class young adults. Episode regularly featured one of their songs. Oh, wait, The Heights. Hold on. I'm confused. What the fuck? Oh, 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 oh. Oh. <laughs> what was that? The name... The Heights is literally about the band The Heights. What? I understand this now. The Heights centered on a fictional band, also called The Heights, made up of mostly working class young adults. Episodes regularly featured one of their songs. Oh! The the eventual theme song for the show, How Do You Talk to an Angel, sung by cast member Jamie Walters. Oh, maybe he was an actor. Maybe, and he just wasn't a singer. Maybe that's why it sucks so much. Went to number one on Billboard. He looks like a dude that I've seen before. So it's like the actors or something, or obviously they had some help, but it's not even like a band. <gasps> the black guys and other things too. I think the black guy played the blind guy in um, Wings. Remember that show <laughs> Wings? Oh, yeah. There was a black guy in Wings. What? Remember the black guy? He was like blind and like he had a. He was like, "Hey, brother, how y'all doing, brother?" Like they made him like the black guy. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's him in the fucking heist music video for How Do You Talk to an Angel. Wait, oh man. Fox canceled the series less than a week after the theme song fell from the number one spot. Yeah, how bizarre is that? That's what I mean. There's a weird story with that. It was only on the number one spot for two weeks. Not long enough, apparently. Mm-mm. Wait, so was it like a big ploy to just make this whole TV show just so they can force a track to number one? Damn. No, wait, it's not Wings. Weird. It's Becker. Ah, see, I was, I was thinking like Wings is... It's a fucking white, white show. Like, I don't recall there being any anything other than white and planes. Yeah, I know. Was it Thomas Hayden Church on Wings? <laughs> yeah, man. Sandman himself. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah, uh, Alex Desert. Or Desert. He was uh, on Wings. He played the blind guy. It was his thing for like, oh no, Becker. Oh, he's on Becker. <laughs> he's like, hey, brother, I'm at, the t- I'm at the coffee shop now. How did the Becker theme go? <laughs> I honestly, I have no idea. That's like a, a late night rerun show that I never actually watched. The Nonies were great. They had all sorts of cool shows, I reckon. I mean, they had a lot of garbage, but they had all sorts of cool shit. They got cancelled all the time and shifted around. Um, I got right into fucking Star Trek at the time. I was fucking obsessed with it, you know. There was, there was a lot of good shit. Sorry. Wait, what year was this? 92? This is 92. 92, 93, yeah. No, Start, so, D- was it DS9? That's when that started, right? Yeah, it did. 92? It was, yeah, it was around there. Yeah. Yeah, because Next Generation was still on, I think. Yeah, that had yeah, the no, reasons. Yeah, or were they yeah still, Next Gen was still on. Still going? Yeah, it was, it was Next Gen and probably DS9 was around there. Ooh, the best. Yeah, that's what I mean. Right in the right there, you know. Ninety three. Yeah. Ninety three Deep Space Nine started, so Yeah. He says, Captain Sisto, can I get you a tequila sunrise? <laughs> <laughs> I've never actually really watched Deep Space Nine. I can't get over the Ferengi, man. Like I just I hate it. I hate the look of it. Ferengis are annoying looking. They are a bit annoying. It's easier to do with your mouth. Everyone can do a, hey, what can I get you, traveler? Yeah. <laughs> was yeah. there like another character that had like a makeup with his head look like an ass? There's a few of them. <laughs> or is, is that in Deep Space Nine? <laughs> yeah. There's like a guy, he's like a salesman character or something. He's always wearing like suit jackets. Oh, that guy. Yeah, I know you're talking about. What was... Who am I thinking of? Was it not a Ferengi? No, not a Ferengi. That's no, not a Ferengi. Not a Ferengi. It's not a Ferengi. It's that little short guy with the. Wasn't he a chef or something? He had like kind of like a pig nose or something. I feel like he was in the same one as Odo. Or Odo's the guy who does liquid metal shit, right? Yeah. Yeah, he turns into a German Shepherd too at one point. It's really exciting. That's the only time I ever liked Odo was when he was the German Shepherd. There's an adorable episode where Odo <laughs> falls in love with Kira, and that made me cry. What's the What's the one after Deep Space Nine? Deep Space Ten, idiot. No, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That was funnier than it really should have been. Uh, That's really funny. Oh, okay, uh, wrong. I'm thinking of Voyager. I was going to oh, say you're thinking of Voyager. Oh, was it? Um, I forget his name, but I know. I know. That's who I thought you were talking why, about. Why the can't fucking, I think of? Isn't he a chef? Yeah. No. Um. What? What does he do again? Neil is it? What's his name? Neelik. Neelik. Yes, him. 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 I hate the way that guy looks. The makeup is so frustrating to look at. That character. And everybody hates Neelik. Why? I like him. Everyone makes fun of him. Uh, I love. I type in (laughs) Star Trek Voyager, and like one of the first things that comes up is an article: five actors who regretted being in Star Trek Voyager. Uh, All right, Whitney Houston. I will always (laughs) love you. Last one on the list for five weeks in 1992. Yeah, here we go this is Whitney Houston with I will always love you and I 
I'm indifferent to this one. Like, obviously, this song was like gigantic. So it's hard to sort of judge it properly. Like, this was huge. And I would say that, like, the actual chorus part is okay for me. Like, obviously, the most memorable part of the song. But I, I find the rest of it boring. And it's why I say, like, I'm indifferent to it. Like, it's the chorus I appreciate. It's got a good melody. It's sung strongly and, and whatever. But ultimately, I would never choose to put it on. It's just not a thing that's in my wheelhouse. <laughs> I want to check out your wheelhouse. But it's, you know, <laughs> she's got a powerful voice. And this song was huge. So we, we heard it an awful lot. You know what? I've never even seen the movie. The Bodyguard? Yeah, I should, I should probably watch it at some point. I've never seen that movie. I've never really liked Kevin Costner. Honestly, <laughs> I don't think I have either. I really... Me neither. Me neither. Yeah, like, I've just never found that dude compelling, and it's only if he happens to be in a movie that I already like, then it's like, it's fine when he's there. But he was in something that he was really good, right? I mean, what was he... Uh, he's not bad. But, yeah, he's been in a lot of things. He's been, uh, he's been like, in a lot of, like, Major, major motion yeah, pictures. He's just there, like for me. Yeah. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves was nominated for lots of Oscars. I mean, I love Dances with Wolves at the time. Oh, God. He's also been in two of the biggest baseball movies of all time, Bull Durham and Field of Dreams. Doesn't he have another baseball movie? I don't know, but we watched we watched we watched Dances with Wolves in fourth grade because they thought that was a good learning experience. Oh man, we were, right. we were learning about we were learning about Native Americans, so they were like, "This wow. is totally the movie we're going to show fourth graders." Isn't that crazy? That's how they used to think. The, the scene where that guy he he leaves his office and the dude's drunk. His like superior officer guy, and he says, "I've pissed in my pants, and there's nothing anyone can do about it." And he walks out. <laughs> the dude shoots himself. I haven't seen that movie since probably fourth grade. <laughs> That's amazing. They would show it in fourth grade. Man, there's a scene where a guy says he pissed his pants and then shoots himself. Like that. I mean, the one the one scene I remember was when somebody gets scalped because that's what they were talking. They were like, "This is how people killed each other. They scalped <laughs> them." Fucking, and that was like weird the, history that lesson was, like, of like big, this <laughs> super Hollywood movie. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> Florence, what do you think about Whitney Houston? Um, I think the song is okay. Yeah, like I have no problem with the song. It's, you know, it's not something that I would like necessarily put on, but it's, you know, it's fun to sing along to occasionally. When that chorus hits, it's kind of like, yeah, we're going to sing to this. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. The song's okay. Marco. <laughs> I mean, I gave it a one, and maybe I am a little harsh, but that—that that is my subjective opinion. I mean, I just did it. It never did anything for me at the time, and I, I don't particularly like it. It's really slow. I didn't like the movie either. I think the best movie fucking Kevin Costner was in was that uh, Mr. Brooks. Has you guys seen that one? That one—that one wasn't bad. Is that the one where he's killing people privately? Yes. Yeah, he's killing people. That's the one. Yeah, that's great stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's great yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's killing, yeah, he's killing people. That's great stuff. <laughs> it is. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. Very good. I Will Always Love You. It's a very classic American song, Americana song. Dolly Parton, right? Yep. The Whitney Houston thing tapped into the nostalgia that everyone has for the previous generation's love for the Dolly Parton thing. Like how Billy Joel for a hot minute in the 80s, made a bunch of doo-wop music. Because he was like, dude, this is my favorite thing. That was his synth wave, you know? <laughs> and uh, I Will Always Love You is like uh, kind of a nostalgic love letter, and it also happens to be like one of the biggest songs of all time. 
that also works in one of the greatest selling soundtracks of all time. Well, it was obviously a very well-loved song because it was number one for, what, 14 weeks? Yeah, no, it's fucking bonkers, man. Anyway, look, look, we gotta listen to another song, okay? And I got one here. I don't normally play tracks like this, but I guess I already played the Keeping Up With Commodore one, which uses samples from that, that old 80s commercial, and so I figured I'll play this one as well. This was originally a track from Frida, you know, the, the one of the singers from ABBA. She did, like, solo stuff, and this is a remix of the song I Know There's Something Going On. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters with the donation of The Beast, the triple six. We got a bashed pudding Adam Conway, Akio Nakasone, Big Baby D, Boris, Cat Punk, Christian Quello, who's actually been helping me out with the Beyond Synth database along with Ethan. So shout out to you guys for doing awesome stuff. And then there's Dalton Bell, David Lavalley Jr., and Electromechanic. All right, so let's uh, listen to this track. This is Frida with I Know There's Something Going On, the lifelong corporation synth mix.
And that was I Know There's Something Going On, the track from Frida. That was the Lifelong Corporation synth mix. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that. I think Phil Collins had something to do with that song, if I am not mistaken. But maybe I am. It was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the Triple Six Club. Awesome people like Evan Allen, Franz Varga, Joe Esposito, Lolshka, Luke Timmermans, Nicholas Carl, Night Ride FM, Owen Magali, and Philip Back. And we are back with the Beyond Synth family. We did our sort of assessment of the number one Billboard hits from 1992. And so now I'm just... I've got the Wikipedia open and I'm just sort of looking at the article that's just all the things that happened in 1992 in the year of music. You mean like all, all the like the top 100 of all yeah, of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Nirvana's Nevermind goes to number one. David Bowie marries fashion model Iman. Why did I highlight that? Yeah, that was a, <laughs> a real important, Andy. That's right. Remember Rain. James Hetfield is burned by pyrotechnics. Oh, oh, this is the year. This is the year that fucking Sinead O'Connor st- uh, did the fucking Pope thing. Where she ripped up <laughs> the shit on Saturday Night Live. Oh that was this God. year. Oh, here's some fun trivia. 1992, the MP3 file format is developed as part of a video compression standard. There you go. Mm. I love it. I'm nostalgic. Nostalgic for that MP3. Yeah, oh man. Me and that Napster age, I uh, appreciate the idea of the MP3. So, let me tell you. Mike wants things to stay positive, so here we go. Andy likes Aphex Twin, selected Ambient Works 85 to 92. Andy liked Two Unlimited. Unironically. Are you going down that list? <laughs> no, I, I already highlighted things. I'm just sort of like fucking scrolling through it. Okay. Uh, uh, Two Unlimited was the first cassette I ever bought, although... Technically, the first cassette I ever bought was Two Unlimited's second album, which I think was 94 or 95. Weird Al Yankovic, Off the Deep End, The Cure, with Wish, Blind Guardian, Somewhere Far Beyond, Bubba Boo, Abba Gold, Greatest Hits, Abba Gold, there's a fucking album. Yeah. Uh, that album's awesome. That's like how the Beatles were number one with their number one album in like 96 or something. Yeah, I remember that was a big deal too. They came up with this documentary series that they played on TV. Yeah, it was like, it was like the first time that they're selling their music. Fucking uh, Nine Inch Nails with Broken. Let me see. Just scrolling down here. Leonard Cohen, The Future. That's an album I like. That was 92. Uh, Why did I highlight Nine Inch Nails Fixed? I never liked Fixed. That one's just noise. Uh, So there you go. There's Leonard Cohen album in there. That's a good one. There's so many ones that like aren't like on the number. Like TLC. Baby, baby, baby. And uh, Cenotaph. We both got a patron. Cenotaph. He likes... Just Another Day by John Cicada. I, I can't hardly wait. Just another day without oh, yeah, you. I remember that one. I like that one. That's a great song. There's so many good. Yeah, and a personal good. favorite of mine, Billy Ray Cyrus, Achy Breaky Heart. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's one of my three um, karaoke songs. <sighs> Wow. Jeez, Mike, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep the respect going. <laughs> I like to do uh, Tears for Fears, Head Over Heels. Yeah, it's a great one. And that talk one, yeah. about the weather. I could do that mm. voice. I could do like uh, uh, the uh, Rick Astley voice, and I'm gonna give you up. And then also with the Billy Ray Cyrus, you can tell your aunt when she's from Arkansas. <laughs> Where everybody hit it, hold on. That's a great song. I love that song. Billy Ray Cyrus, uh, Naked Breaking Heart. Yeah, no, there's a whole bunch of other stuff from this year that uh, deserve, you know, 
more mentioned, more airplay, I guess. Well, I think it's just frustrating how... when like a song is number one for like 13 weeks. That's pretty crazy. Because it's just a point where you're just like, man, there's so many other songs that, you know, could have just taken that spot for a while. Andy, all you had to do was get laid to that song one time and you would have a, a better opinion of it. You know what? You you tried. You tried with that girl, Ashley, mm. in Hamilton, Ontario. <laughs> and yeah. you were like... <laughs> Maybe he had a bad sexual experience, Mike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to answer a question you had earlier, though, I uh, around I don't know when I when I had crushes on girls, I was listening to Depeche Mode, and I remember I had Black was not Black Celebration. What's the one before Black Celebration? Um, Black Velvet. No, Black Celebration. <laughs> and on Black Celebration, there's a track. One of my favorite songs on that album called Here is the House because someone gave me Depeche Mode tapes in the 90s and they were giving me and I didn't know it was old music really. It's just like, oh, check out this. And so uh, a family friend introduced me to Depeche Mode. And so I had three tapes. I had Black Celebration, Violator, and um Violet is a fucking good one, man. What an album. Yeah, and so so I listened to that music a lot. So during this time, when there was a whole bunch of music that was on the radio that I didn't like, I was listening to like Depeche Mode albums. Those were the songs that I was attaching to sort of emotional memory. So I remember having this crush on this girl, uh I really liked her, and then I would come home and I remember this one night where I went to a family's party and her family happened to be there as well and I came home and I listened to Black Celebration I listened to this song Here is the House on a Loop it's my favorite song on the album and I just kept listening to that song and just kind of looking out the window and it was nighttime and there was like a cool breeze coming you in touching yourself? Uh, I don't think <laughs> Yes mm, uh, I mean, uh, Come on Come on We're Bill being honest here now No hold on What year was this? I, I like this story just before you I love that you did this and this paints a picture I'm so happy to be part of this experience. Thank you, Andy, for sharing something like that. That's all I wanted. That's the thing. So, obviously, music has always been important to me, and I just feel like during this particular time, the stuff that was coming out of the radio speakers was not moving me, but there were tapes. My family had, you know, records. I was listening to, you know, fucking old uh, disco shit and 80s pop music. Because don't forget, when I sit here and talk about my love for the 80s hits, in 1984, the year that I was talking about, like, I was three. Like, so, like, I wasn't listening to this shit. Like, I was three. And so, when I was a kid, I would, like, literally play Lego and listen to, like, Bob Dylan and Cat Stevens and stuff. Like, that was the tapes that were there. Well, I, th- I think that's why you're such a creative guy. You're, like, a liberal arts filmmaker kind of guy. If you lived in New York City, like, you would thrive. I'd wear a black turtleneck. I'd be, like, uh, taking pictures of all these late yeah. art photos. I'd be taking a lot of art photos. You might have a mustache and a goatee. You already take a lot of hot photos. And and you might even pull it off with a cigarette. Yeah, you've got this whole, uh, you know, this whole perspective, and I love it. And I feel like at some point, after we do 80s, after we do 90s, we're going to get to 70s, and you're going to be like, and it gets to the cradle and the silver spoon. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I fucking love Cat Stevens. And uh, I love, like, a lot of disco stuff. ABBA, and uh, and I like Bee Gees a lot. But I like all of Bee Gees. I like their disco. I like the shit they did in the 60s. Oh but they're, they're catchy as fuck songs, man. Like, you go back yeah, and listen to that Don't shit. Don't even get me started on, like, the ABBA and the Casey and the Sunshine Band. I think the sexiest... Please don't um, go. Don't go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The sexiest bass line in pop history, to me, is... Uh, what's the song that they... What's the... Casey and Sunshine Band song. It's Please Don't Go. Oh, it's, yeah, go. Please don't Please go. Please don't go. <laughs> don't go. 
I want you to stay. Great song. <laughs> Did I do such a perfect rendition that you're going to get copyright flagged? Probably. Thanks. So you just fucked me. You just <laughs> fucked the show. <laughs> anyway, look, let's listen to one more song and then we'll uh, we'll wind this show down. It's been a very uh, exciting evening. So I think we should uh, end this with some nice uh, synthwave vibes from the last Concord uh, from the album Dream Machine. And it's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the Triple Six Club, the donation of the beast. We got Pooh in an Alleyway, Replicant 69, Ross Pentland, Artificial, Run the Skyway, Stagger, Tomas Shimanek, Trippy, Cenotaph, Jean-Christophe Lecomte, Mike Bailey, Nafas, Mr. Gimson, Stephen Field, and we always like to end it off with the Polar Wildcat Studios. And now, here is The Last Concord with Magic Summer.
right, that was Magic Summer by The Last Concord. I hope you all enjoyed that. And we're back here with the Beyond Synth family, Mike, Marco, and Florence. Uh, we're just winding down our 1992 uh, number one Billboard Hits review. So I guess it's uh, it's time to, to look at the data. So Florence, data queen, can you tell people what our averages are for the whole thing and stuff? Yeah. I can do that. And also, thank you for being a mediator. I think people <laughs> like it when Mike and I fight each other, so it's nice, oh, it's nice that there's a... That's, that's apparently my fucking job. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. Okay, so Andy's average for the year of 1992 was a 2.00, which is a 40%. Is that worse or better than last year? It's actually better. Last last better. year was 36%. What's oh, better? Yeah. Surprise. See? Mm-hmm. <laughs> My average was a 2.31, which is a 46.15%. Compared to last year, you had a 51%. So yeah, you so liked- this, this went down a lot. Um, Marco's average was a 2.69. Nice. Yeah. 69. Uh, that's right, Andy. Don't forget with it. A, uh, with a 53.85%, mm-hmm. which is literally the exact same score he gave 1991. Oh, nice. Wow. Really? Yeah. L- look <laughs> yeah, at look is. at that. Look at that fucking score. Oh my god. It is too. It is. It's exactly the same. Whoa. Literally the exact same. Marco likes 69s, dude. At least yep. I'm consistent. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Nice. Really nice. <laughs> nice. It's <laughs> <This is> nice. <laughs> Mike booing up the group with his 4.46 average with an 89.23%. 89. Nice. Which is better than his 86.67 average of 1991. I tend to vibe with this music. A lot. Uh-huh. This urban sexual... Uh, <laughs> 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 fucking urban sexual... Yeah, that's it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna oh get God. freaky with you, but that's the next episode. But Amazing. <laughs> that's a preview, ladies and gentlemen. So, before I go into our total averages and everything, our lowest rated song was How Do You Talk to an Angel by The Heights. Um, we all gave it a one, so that is what we said. We said we all disliked the song. And then our favorite song, collectively, was Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-A-Lot, which we collectively <laughs> gave a 4.5. Yeah, it's a good song. That's, that's funny that that's the song that everybody it is funny. likes. So for 991, we all liked London Beat. I've been thinking about you. And then the right. top yeah, song, song I have forever now. For uh, 1990 <laughs> was Madonna Vogue and Roxette. It must have been love. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's interesting. 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 No seeming trend here. So all together, our average was a 2.87. Or yeah, 2.87. And we all collectively gave the year a 57.3. And I wanted to mention that before I chimed in today with my votes, all of the averages were about (laughs) 1.3 for everything. (laughs) And because I typed in 555445555443, I raised everything to about a 2.87. I just wanted to mention that for any nerdy fans who do want to think about that fact. You raised the bar, Mikey. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) 
when Florence said you were booing it up, and I thought you said booing. I was like, boo yeah. seven, <laughs> boo eight, boo nine. B-O-U-Y-I-N-G, right? Is that buoying? Yeah. Yeah, like a like a buoy, like a, bu- a buoy that floats in the ocean. Or I could just say Mike with who lifts everyone up with his positive attitude and Mm. positive scores. I effing hope so, you mother effers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen. We all had a good time. I guess we yeah, well, this is, we'll just fucking end it here. This was the 1992 episode. Remember when we were going to do two years in one episode? I do remember that. It's <laughs> never going to work. So let's all just uh, say goodbye here. Marco, uh, say goodbye. Me? Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Do you have any parting words? No, just just thanks for listening. And uh, it, it, this has been fascinating doing this shit because like, you would never go through and write the songs yourself if you weren't doing it. You know, we weren't doing it together or it wasn't part of a project. So it's kind of cool. You kind of learn about yourself as, and, and you, you discover uh, a little bit about music too. So it's kind of cool. That's a nice way to fucking wind that up. I don't I don't want you guys to say goodbye. Marcos was good. Maybe I should throw his Marco, at the end. Marco, I'm done. Bye, guys. Yeah. Marco, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, out. Uh, Florence, give us a goodbye. Bye. Just to reiterate what Marco says, this is an interesting experiment because I like a lot of these songs I haven't really paid that much attention to. And it's really interesting to see what songs have been were really popular in the 90s when I was like too little to really get things. And it's really, really interesting to see what other people say too. So listeners, if you are listening, go and take the quiz because I want the data and I want to know all of the things. I want to know if there's a correlation between year you were born and like if you were from a certain country or something. That's all really, really, really interesting and really cool. And it's only really cool if we get a lot of responses so we can see those correlations. And we're going to publish a lot oh, of the... Yes. Uh, we're going to publish the thing as an infographic so everyone can yeah. see what the deal is. Yep. Folks on top of this shit. Yeah. Give her the data, y'all. Give her yep. your data. Yep, I want, I want it. I want it all. So, Mike, say goodbye and tell people where they can uh, take the survey. You can take the survey at RetroPromenade.com. Uh, it's got the links to basically just beyond synth.com, but the survey. And uh, that's it, basically. Like, hope everyone participates and gives us more data because... Obviously, Andy and I have our own perspectives, but no one wants to hear that for another six to eight hours. They're going to. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm sure we'll hear it next week. <laughs> well, if it All takes right. us, if, if, if every one of these shows, because I wanted to do two years today and we didn't get to two years, like the whole plan was it's to. going to happen. Now it's going to take this, like, we're going to be doing this into fucking 2024, man. Oh my God. That's great. That's fantastic. Uh, I love you guys. I love you, Marco. I love you, Florence. Um, I, <laughs> I love you, Andy. Love you too, Mikey. All right, well, listen, you're all cool, and you all uh, put a smile on my face, and uh, except for Mike. T- <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, see, that's a, you sorry. know. Th- listen, a good friendship is one where you can have uh, healthy banter. You got to challenge each other, right? Isn't that a important part? I think. Yeah, exactly. Something. We're all yeah. still friends. So that's uh, that's the important. I, I hope know. there's like listeners who are like crying. It's like mommy and daddy are fighting, and Mike's the mommy. Clearly. <laughs> all right now. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> they would. They all have to say that exact sentence. Like they can't. Uh, oh, you guys are pretty funny. Fucking hell. 
<laughs> Anyways, I'll show you, mommy. I gotta go pee. Let me get out of here. <laughs> you guys, you guys, have, you guys still haven't met each other yet, right? You guys got to meet one day, for fuck's sake. <laughs> We're gonna fucking fist fight when we do. I know. Imagine. All right. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. <laughs> Marco, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to like hold them back. Like, I feel like we have to be there. Both of us are gonna have to be there to hold one person back. Each. <laughs> I know. It's just funny because like I'm totally not a fighting guy, so it'd be really funny if like the first person I ever fought was Mike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I heard what you said about '92. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right, we're done. Uh, tune in next time all to right. Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is, and uh, you guys are all cool. All right. Bye. Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via PayPal at beyondsynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you.